Hello, fine people of uh, Goshen and the surrounding areas, all the surrounding counties, uh, Kosciuszko, LaGrange, St. Joseph, and whatever counties do northwest in Michigan. Thank you for listening to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. What about this county? You didn't even mention this I county. said all the counties surrounding us, we are in Elkhart County. Okay, yeah, you it's not. Su- we're not surrounded by Elkhart County, we are Elkhart County. Well, just wanted to make sure that uh, that got put out there. You know, mm, thank you. Because you said all the other counties. I mean, it was implied, but didn't say it. So, just had to say it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, welcome, welcome to back. the Ocean News Sports Podcast. There this it is, is uh, Austin Huff, and the other voice you heard was Evan Leepak. Another week of uh, joyous sports in the books. We will get to the uh, professional sports talk later in the show. Um, Maybe the best. I think it was the best weekend a singular sport has ever had ever. The NFL playoffs. It's pretty strong. Like think of like all the great weekends like a sport could have like Final Four weekend in March Madness or the first weekend of the tournament in March Madness. Like just like amazing moments you could have. I don't think anything could top the amazing drama of all four NFL playoff games we had this past weekend. It's all scripted, bro. We will, yeah, it might have been. We will get back. We'll Staged. talk about that more later at the sh- end of the show. Uh, first, let's do our local. We got to, you know, we always talk about local stuff on this podcast. Uh, we got to get the local stuff first. And uh, go. It's kind of the point. Hmm? It's kind of the point of yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's a. If we talked about the NFL, we'd just be, you know, a, no really bad, care. a really bad version of part of my take or something like that. So. Wow, I have to watch that. I have to watch the, the recap. It was a great that. episode of part of my take this past week. Not to plug another podcast obviously but have to listen to it not watch but listen yeah uh let's start with the sport everyone thinks about when you think of winter sports season and that's football of course uh we have a new goshen high school football coach approved monday night at the school board meeting as first reported by the goshen news on twitter last week not to brag uh, much Tom, to the dismay of much to the dismay other of some people. other uh, Goshen High School people. They were not thrilled that I reported the news uh, that Tom Wogeman would be the new head football coach at Goshen High School. The worst kept secret in town for the last week plus became official Monday night. Wogeman is the new head coach at Goshen High School. He most recently coached at Northridge High School from 2013 to 2020, going 52 and 34. In that span, won a regional title in 2014, a conference championship in 2017. Those were the first two trophies that Northridge football had ever won in its program's history. And uh, Tom also coached, excuse me, at Wawasee. Before that, he uh, led Wawasee to three straight winning seasons in his final three years before going to Northridge. Uh, he retired from coaching in twenty after the 2020 season. About a year ago this week was when he kind of formally sent his uh, resignation retirement in. And uh, a year later, he's back at his alma mater. So And he has a coaching tree. Mm-hmm. And he has Chad, a coaching tree that he gets to, coach Epley. gets to coach against next week. Or next week. Next year. <laughs> next year. Uh, in the fall. Week five is when Goshen hosts Northridge. So it won't be as emotional. You know, it, you know obviously, if it was like... Goshen going to Northridge, you could have all the Wogeman sentiments going back to the place where he, you know, pretty much made his name as a coach. But Northridge comes to Goshen this year, and uh, should be a very interesting Week Five game to watch the uh, the pupil go against the master, uh, Epley versus Wogeman. So 
the pupil. Tom Wogeman walked so uh, Chad Epley could run at Northridge. That's yeah, know. and don't, that's not taking anything away from Chad. He's a great coach. Obviously, you don't just luck into a state championship run because the guy before you did a lot of hard work and built the program up. Like you got to take it to that next level, and Northridge did with Epley last year. Well, he coached him though. Literally, he was, he was his coach, mm-hmm. and then he was on right. his staff. There's so much layered. There's so, so. much like storylines to that Wogeman Epley dynamic of you know. Former player, Epley played for him, then coached for him. Now they're going to coach against each other, you know. So it's going to be so fun. What Chad is as a football mind, a lot of that credit obviously has to go to Tom. And mm-hmm. Chad has said that before, obviously. So. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be definitely a fun matchup. See, uh, it's <laughs> the Saban and Smart dynamic. Yeah. But uh, Saban, Smart finally got Saban. He did. So it took a Kirby, long time. Got, he got him. Uh, Tom is uh, 54 years old. He's married for the last 29 years, so congratulations to him. He has three kids. Goshen High School graduate, like I mentioned. Uh, I know you don't know Tom as well as I do, obviously, because you never had him. You never had to really interact with him as a coach. He resigned well pretty I, much. What? I don't know. You never have I've had never him. met him. <laughs> you had, he resigned right when you started here last year, so you really don't know like who he is, I guess. So I'll, I guess I'll take the lead on the analysis of this hire uh i would say it's a pretty good hire you know he inherited northridge in 2013 like i said they were not a great program historically ever northridge was pretty terrible and in 2013 they go seven and three and then the next year they're playing for a semi-state championship game and they you know they never reached that level again in terms of postseason success under him you know granted the the blind draw really got to them in 2017. They went 9-0 and in the regular season, won the NLC, and then they got to play 8-1 and Culver Military Academy in the first round because the blind draw, you know, did that. <laughs> don't get me started. Well, we're going to get to the blind draw in a little bit. Um, don't worry about that. Uh, but, you know, and then, like, in my first year in 2018, they started the season, I believe, 3-0. Uh, and they had a tough injury to their starting quarterback the year. Julius Graber hurts his ankle, big five against Warsaw. When they were up, they're in the game, they're up 21 nothing, I believe, or 14 nothing. And he gets rolled up on a playing defensive back on a one yard touchdown quarterback sneak. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I don't even know how he got hurt. Somehow it gets rolled up, like, breaks it, like, injured his ankle or his knee or something. I forgot what he specifically hurt. I'm sorry. I didn't. Broke his entire body. He broke his whole body. Um, <laughs> And, you know, he's out for that year, and they, they never really recovered from that because he was a dynamic player. He was kind of like a Micah, Micah Hostetler for Northridge this year. Luckily, Northridge found Tag got at the last minute, you know, literally the last minute of the season, basically. You're referring so, to the injury dynamic? Yeah, the injury of, like, this guy's a dynamic quarterback and safety team leader. All right. that all that goes into that, and then he gets injured midway through the season and, you know, can't replace, you know, they just couldn't find a way to get over that injury. They still finished 6-3 and three in the regular season, but it wasn't the same, you know. So, um, so yeah, so I think it's a good hire. So, basically, you know, Wogelman, when he came into Northridge in 13, built up that program into what it is today, built them, to, I mean, basically got them that stadium that they play in. Like, if they weren't good in football, they wouldn't have built that thing. You know what I mean? Probably not. Probably not. And they're good in baseball and softball, too. That's why they built those facilities for them as well. Um, and now he gets a chance to basically do the same thing at Goshen. I kind of asked him about that last night, about, like, you know, this is kind of a similar situation. Like, Goshen is down in numbers. They didn't have a freshman team this past year. 
They haven't had a winning season since 2016. Haven't won the NLC since 2002. Like, this is like a rebuild, you know? And he, you know, he kind of said, like, yeah, like, he kind of deflected it, like, if it was the same way. He's like, I don't think it really is a similar situation, but, you know, he's just focused on building up what's here now and hopefully can, uh, you know, get the numbers back up to a point where they have a freshman team and uh, compete. Then he said his main goal is to compete for the NLC championship at this point, you know, make them relevant again in this conference. And, you know, these are good things, obviously. I mean, every new coach is going to say that when they come in. We want to compete for the NLC or a conference championship and sectionals and blah, blah, blah. But How is he going to recruit kids? <laughs> what would be your How is he going to recruit, yeah. Be new uniforms. NIL? There's got to be some NIL money in high school, right? Get some um – Get some chrome helmets. Interra Credit Union could just sponsor the whole team and like pay them, right? That's got to be in high school. Yeah, why not? Oh yeah, why not? Uh, we couldn't give out gift cards because so that definitely that definitely wouldn't work. Know, so stupid. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's a good hire. Um, I think him being an alum should help, you know, generate more fan interest again. And obviously, the last coach, Kyle Park, was also an alum. So like, you know. Just because you're an alum doesn't guarantee you're going to be successful or keep the fan interest. And they struggled, obviously, in Park's last four seasons. Even this, even though they were four and six this past year, their four wins were against teams that won a combined five games. Four of those wins were for Fairfield, and then one win combined between South Bend Clay, Wawasee, and Plymouth. And that was because Wawasee beat Plymouth. So Still wins. <laughs> just saying, no, they won the games they're supposed to win, which Ocean hadn't done from 2018 to 2020. They were bad. They were the team that lost to the teams. Everyone but one team. You know what I mean? So, they at least won the games that they were the better team in. They didn't lose those games, which is a good sign, which was a good sign, I thought. But the overall numbers in the program, I think, is what ultimately led to Park being let go. And they're hoping that Wogeman can generate interest the same way that, you know, he did at Northridge and got those numbers up and made that program relevant in in the NLC and their sectional in, you know, everything else like that. So it's wait and see mode. Yeah. I mean, look, they might not be good this first year with him. They're going to, they have, some, they have some decent players returning. You're going to say recruits. Yeah. They have these yeah. recruits coming in. <laughs> um, no, like, you know, you could, you're returning back to look quarterback next year, which is a plus. And you have Noah Alford, who's a good receiver for you coming back, which is a plus. Like there is some talented players coming back on both sides of the ball. They're going to lose guys like Roman Schrock and Mitch Daniels, which will hurt their defense. Um, but, I mean, it's not, you know, like, they could still go 500 next year. Like, I, that was, wouldn't surprise me. Like, I think they're still better than Plymouth and Wallace C at the surface level of the NLC at least. And you never know what, you know, just hard the NLC. Like, everyone else after that, Mishawaka, Warsaw, Concord, Northridge, like, those four are really good, man. And then you're, like, kind of just chilling right there. Like, you, it's going to take a lot to get to that level. And, I, I mean, Wogeman's proven he can do it. So, I guess we'll see. So. We will. That's it. That was the rundown. I think that's the football. <laughs> just in the podcast right there. We're done. Nothing else happened this past week. Um, no, yeah. So, there, there's your Tom Wogeman uh, Goshen football. New football coach. So. Congratulations. Congratulations to Tom. To Tom. And only to Tom. No one else. Uh, let's talk boys basketball. We had some fun games this past weekend. I think. We'll start. Last weekend, was they were pretty fun. This past. You had the 
two week two weekends ago with the three NLC games decided by six total points. That was that was a good time. That was good. We had some decent games this week too. Uh, Concord beats Warsaw the, with a game winning shot. How about that? The Minutemen. Three straight wins. Don't sleep on them. Above five hundred again. Seven and six. They're rolling, baby. Just you know, watch out. Watch like out for Concord. Here they come. Seven and six. Two and two in the conference. And they did that last year a little bit. This is exactly the time of the year last year where they got rolling. So a couple of winnable. I mean, yeah. While well, we've seen Laporte coming up next, but then uh, Northwood Northridge back to back. That'll mm-hmm. be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have uh, Clay and Laville. So they, I mean, they have, they have winnable games left on the schedule. Right. So it just depends. I mean, at don't, the end, don't John Glenn? They had John Glenn too. John Glenn's a very good really team good. this year. Yeah, fifteen and zero. John Glenn, as of the taping of this podcast, number two in three A. John Glenn versus number three in three A. Mishawaka Marion, Tuesday night tonight. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty big game. I believe Chuck it's Chuck Freebie going to be there. No, <laughs> he's actually going to be at the girls' basketball game between number four in the state, South Bend, Washington, against number three in the state, Crown Point. That makes sense. Too. Pretty good, pretty good game. That's two like two mega matchups in the area this, tonight. That's awesome. Um, not involving our coverage area teams, but still two really big big games. One of the girls, one of the boys. Northwood plays uh, South Bend Washington towards the end of the season. Yeah, February nineteenth. Yep. And they're twelve and four, so they're having a good season. So that'll be a, that'll be an interesting. That'll matchup. be a fun game. Uh, let's talk about this week. Let's focus. Let's rein it in a little bit. And that's as I'm gonna like run down the Northridge schedule in a couple of minutes here. But uh, the game I was at Friday night, the big one in the NLC Northwood 54, Goshen 40, uh, 9-0 run for the Panthers in the fourth quarter really busted it open. Um, you know, I, I've seen them play now twice Northwood this year, and it's the same thing I thought after the Westview game of when they're playing at their best, like they're really really hard to beat because they have eight guys in the lineup who could all score and you know make the plays that are necessary to win those games down the stretch and when you have an alpha alpha male type player like Cade Brenner who can just drive the lane and create whether it's getting fouled or making a shot or passing it off to a guy who's wide open for a three like that is really hard to beat really hard to beat in in any time of the year and especially in March so um, they have a game that can travel, you know, on the road, and I, I don't know. Like they're they they they're, they have some wins. They've had some games this year. We've talked about it. You know, Wawasee was close. Northridge was close. They almost lost both those games. Maybe should have lost both those games with the way they've played. But you know, they rose to the challenge last week of being the number one team. They beat St. Joe by 19. They beat Goshen by 14. They're still number one in the poll this week, despite Mishawaka Marion beating. Penn on Friday, which was a big win for Marion, and Glenn just steamrolling the, the Bi-County tournament, which was expected, so they, you know, that's fine. Um, but, you said, yeah. You said I, Northwood's game travels well. Is that just because of uh, the style of play, uh, the maturity of the team? I would say all that, yeah. I mean... The it, experience of it the helps, team? It helps when, like, basically the entire team... Last from last year is on the team this year, right? We've talked about that. They only lost one senior in Ben Vincent, so you got all this experience back from a regional finalist team. That was a big piece. He, I mean, he, he was a good shooter. He was, a good, he was, he was really like good. He was an integral part of their sectional champion in 2020. Not as much last year, Ben Vincent, but still a good player, a good floor 
general type leader guy. Um, but they do like they they run their offense so well that like it's like Friday night was probably the first real it was the first real road game they played. Like they yes they played other teams on the road, but and they went to the neutral site tournament you know for Christmas. But like at Goshen, gym was ninety percent full. Like big crowd. Crowds mostly going to be against you. Obviously, Northwood people traveled, but like this was a first real road test for them, I would say. And they passed, you know, pretty much with flying colors. Um, Goshen, to their credit, hung in there for the first three and a half quarters. Just they couldn't buy a shot to save their lives. And that's what's cost them the last three games. They just haven't made shots. Goshen is a team that's going to kind of live and die by the three this year. And when they're not making threes, like, that's how they lost to Jimtown. They went 4 of 18 for three-point range against Jimtown. Like, literally make two more and you win the game. You know, and right. same thing with the game in North, but I, I didn't get their uh, final total for three-point shooting, but they couldn't just, they couldn't buy a bucket. Drew Hogan scored 17, and the rest of the team scores 23. Like, you're not going to win many games when, you know, everyone but one player scores going to buy 23 Gotta points. Have Deacon Hill making some trays. He hasn't made shots. Gage Worthman has struggled the last couple weeks to making shots. Um, Quinn Bechtel, you know, he's a solid player. Maybe he needs to shoot more. Like, maybe that's the thing that maybe they'll start doing, like get him the ball and make him make more plays. I don't know. But, like, they've just struggled. You know, they've lost three in a row. They're 9-4 and four now overall, 2-2 two and two in the NLC. So, unless some real chaos happens, they're not going to earn a share of the NLC title this year. They would need Northwood to lose twice. I think they've done good enough to uh, cement a spot in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their tournament, they're going to make the tournament. Because yeah, everyone does. <laughs> I, got, I think Hamilton's done uh, enough, too, to make the tournament as well. They only lost to Bethany Christian. Uh, Hamilton. Um, but, yeah, when North was playing at their best, like that two-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where they went not went on a 9-0 run and ended the game, basically, like, it's really hard to beat. Like, they're really hard to beat, and just a matter of can they do that enough can they play at their best enough or not play bad enough i guess to, to lose it because they've had some games where they've kind of played to the level of their competition and they've just escaped now when they play these bigger teams they're playing better so we'll see maybe that means good things come march i don't know we'll see it's because those teams limit the possessions that doesn't help because there's no shot clock so so the teams that aren't as good as northwood are like okay this is what we're gonna do and hold the ball for two minutes and uh limit the possessions makes this makes the score Mm -hmm. you know lower and northwood doesn't really have a chance to get into their game that they like to play and get the score to where it's double digits or more you know Double digits or more doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. Over ten, if they're up and by more. they're up by triple yeah. digits. That's, uh, <laughs> we've already seen that once in the girls' game this year. Um, oh yeah, South Bend, Washington, Washington over Riley, one eighteen yeah. to eighteen, I think. Anyway, yeah. Uh, one other NLC score I wanted to note from this past weekend in the boys' side: Northridge fifty nine, uh, Mishawaka fifty three. Big win for them. Because, Raiders finally uh, get over the hump, yeah. man. They finally get over the hump, and uh, let me tell you. Their schedule at the beginning of the year, brutal. They played a bunch of really good teams. Valparaiso, Chesterton, Ron Colley, Goshen, South Bend, Washington. They struggled. They had a really tough schedule. And they're 4-9 now. But the rest of their schedule, I'm not saying they're, they're not going to win out probably. That would be crazy to say that. But 
don't be surprised if they're 500 or better by the end of this season. I mean, they got, you know, from here on out, Plymouth, Westview, Wawasee, Jimtown, Concord, Elkhart, Lakeland, Columbia City, Fairfield, DeKalb. There is at least five, six very winnable games on that schedule. A couple other ones that are toss-ups. The only one I wouldn't feel confident going into as a Northridge fan is Columbia City. Other than that, like, every other game on that schedule is there for the taking. So, Columbia City. They're 8-4, and four, I believe, on the season. 9-4. and four. says they're 10-4. and 10-4. But uh, Northwood beat him. Northwood did beat Columbia City. Yep. Only by six, though. It was at Columbia City. So Homestead smashed him by uh, well, 37. Homestead's pretty good. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Homestead's pretty good. Uh, they only so beat yeah. Cherubusco by 13, and they I, lost to Warsaw. So, I mean, I think it's a winnable game. We're not so. going to say the don't sleep on. We're not playing the don't sleep on game anymore because we jinx everybody, but. Nah, keep, bro. Concord. Keep your eye on. Uh, I jinx everybody when I say it. <laughs> I'm going to say keep your eye out for Northridge. Keep your eye out. That's my new, that's my new one. Keep your eye out for Northridge. Keep your eye on them just in case something happens. Just in case. Like, they're not dead yet, all right? I'm not saying, not predicting any big runs out of them. That sectional is still pretty good with Penn and Warsaw, Goshen, Concord playing better. Northridge now maybe get some momentum going. Like, that boy sectional is going to be loaded. Elkhart chilling there, whatever. But, like, keep your eye on them. It's just like, they're not, they're over there. Just, just don't forget about them. Don't be, yeah, don't forget about them. Don't be shocked when they're, like, 9-9. Nine all of a sudden, they've won six in a row, and they're 9-9, nine nine, and it's like, whoa. And then they get matched up with Penn in the sectional, and right. be all over. <laughs> right, right, that's fine. Yeah. Well, they almost beat Penn last week. They were down 19 at halftime, came all the way back and forced overtime. So, I just remember that. Keep your eye on them. Last, from last year. Yep. Okay, uh, NECC boys. You were at Fairfield-Westview. The rivalry renewed, and uh, my God. Points at a premium in that boys game, Fairfield Westview on Friday night. I don't even think it was so much like, you know, people not making shots. Is the energy right. and the the defense on both sides of the ball, both sides of the court, I should say. This is not football. Um, from both teams was very impressive. Also, let me t- obviously it was a rivalry. You know, it's a rivalry mm-hmm. game. And with a doubleheader, you know, that, that gym was a uh, it was packed. It felt was like Whistler there? He was. Heck he yeah. got his whistle off. He did a whistle. Yeah, I got there late for the girls game. But he definitely did before the the usually, boys game. He doesn't do the girls game. He doesn't do the whistle for the girls game. Well that's unfortunate. He should. No, I'm not gonna make a joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> I already, like the whistle. You, nice said it. you said it already. I said it already. It's fine. Maybe that'll get edited out. All right. <laughs> Sheila, um, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, I was there, and uh, Fairfield ended up winning both games. But I will give credit to Westview girls because they really gave Fairfield all they wanted for that first quarter and a half. It was 16-14 to 14 midway through the second quarter, and then Fairfield went on a 15-3 to 3 run to end the half, and that kind of ended things there. Uh, Fairfield ends up winning the game 48-30. to 30. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the uh, boys game. Wow. Pretty crazy. Grinder. Pretty Grinder. crazy. Um Points were at a premium, obviously, but um, Fairfield did not start the game off well at all. It was 14-5 to in the second quarter. Like, they couldn't buy a bucket in the first half, it felt like. But uh, credit to Fairfield. They stayed in the game. The energy was very high the entire time. Maybe that was because of the crowd. I don't know. That, cer- that certainly helped. That's what Derek said. 
Derek said the, uh, the the crowd, the atmosphere definitely helped when they needed it. So that was huge playing in the situation at home. But uh, yeah, 35-33 overtime game, bro. Pretty insane. Low scoring, very low scoring. But it was twenty nine to twenty six at the end of regulation. You know, uh, Westview got the ball. Mason Yoder, who was having a really tough time all night. Usually, this guy can drop thirty or forty points. Right. He only had thirteen in the game, but uh, he ends up getting an one time the game, twenty nine twenty nine, and uh, but Fairfield had one shot left. One shot, they held the ball, mm-hmm. you know. Caleb Miller had a pretty good look to win the game regulation from the Caleb, right side. Caleb Wright? Yeah, that's what I meant. I said Miller. <laughs> but he had, a really good, he had a really good look from the right side near the free throw line. It was kind of a fade type shot. Mm-hmm. I had video of it, obviously. I, saw, I, saw it. I had video I saw it of it, obviously. At TGN underscore sports, retweeted it. And he just missed it. Yeah, it was tough. really, really close. Tough scene. And then it goes into overtime. Tyson Frey. Hopefully it's not Fry. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's Frey. He hit he hit uh, four free throws. He hit one and one at the end of the game. Like all four free throws, both one and one situations. Clutch. It's clutch. So, but even with that, Westview had a shot at the end. Mason Yoder, because Fairfield had turned the ball over in the inbounds play. So they they tried to uh, tussing. <laughs> they turned the ball over in the inbounds play. Didn't work out, obviously. There were six or seven seconds left. Westview had a shot to win or tie the game, so to a double overtime, which wouldn't have been great for me, obviously. <laughs> but the deadline, 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 deadline was creeping up. Deadline baby. was already hard enough as it was. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, Mason Yoder's jumper did not fall, and Fairfield survived. And the uh, students, you know, stormed the court, of course. Did they? Yeah, there was a video of that as well. Did you tweet it out? I did. I don't remember seeing it. I retweeted that one myself. No, so. That's probably why I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably writing up my own story. I was like, I don't know. I don't care. I was like, why uh, is this guy not retweeted it yet, bro? Yeah. I'll just do it so myself. Much, so much pressure on me to retweet all the tweets on Friday night while I'm also doing everything else for the newspaper. So. We need a uh, social media coordinator. Yeah, we get Sheila, <laughs> Sheila on there at night. Just for our, for our Twitter account. That'd Kim, be funny. Can we get Kim King back? Maybe, we can, like maybe we can hire an intern. An unpaid intern to do it. Hire an unpaid intern. You know the contradictions that just came out of your mouth. You can get a volunteer. Um, a volunteer. Uh, yeah, you know you you hope that a rivalry game is close like that, even if it's low scoring. Like there's just a lot of drama when you get a, two rivals like that. And at times in the last couple of years, of Westview's kind of just you know dominated. Like last year, the game wasn't even close. And uh, when you this was the first time in two years he had a full crowd for this game because last year they had to limit it with COVID. So it's, it's looked good, you know, awesome to see that gym packed. Um, and uh, good for Fairfield, a good rivalry win. They have only beaten them 10 times in the last, you know, 20 years out of 36 tries. So to get a win against their rival is good. And uh, knowing the, you know, the blind draw gods, they'll probably see each other again somehow in the sectional over at Westview. So we'll see, though. Good win for Fairfield. They play Mishawaka tonight, Tuesday night. That's an interesting game. They go to West Noble Friday night, too. In, very interesting game. Two inter- interesting games for Fairfield this week. We'll see what they're really made out of. Because those are... West Noble's better than the record. And yeah, I don't, they're playing better. And I think Mishawaka's actually a bit overrated. So. I think they are a little bit, too. <laughs> to be honest. I watched so them in we'll person see. on Saturday. It's like... Yeah, they won eight in a row, but they were skitting by the skin of their teeth against, like, Jimtown and Clay. So, like... 
And Jimtown is obviously a better team than I think people are giving them credit. They beat Goshen. They they have a tough schedule, so their record isn't maybe what it is. But they beat Concord, which is looking like a better win now. And yeah, we will see. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, one last boys basketball note before we shift to another more sports. Uh, congratulations, Beck Williams, one thousand career points, Bethany Christian, senior, the fourth player in program history to reach the milestone. He's at 1,001 for his career as of now. So, congratulations. 1,001. Yep, hit a jumper against, uh, they played Hamilton Saturday, and they won, obviously. And he is now at 1,001 career points, and he has a chance to be the program's all-time leading scorer if things uh, get a little crazy here, I think. Um, He's 145 points off the all-time lead. Which is held by Elliot Friesen. Friesen, I apologize, Elliot. You also have one T at the end of your name, and I have a friend who is named Elliot with two T's at the end of his name, and will tell you every time that two T's is the proper, uh, not one T. Yikes! So, so it's double. Shout out Elliot. Yes. And I'm sorry, I said your last name wrong, <laughs> Elliot. This other Elliot <laughs> could be right though. 1997 Elliot, 2022 Elliot. Shout out. Um, and uh, he's at 1,146. Seth Kaufman, 2010 graduate, second all-time, 1,104. 2018 alum, Seth Brenneman, 1,098, third all-time. So, Beck, I mean, if he keeps up, he's averaging 19 a game. We're getting top three. Getting the top three. He'll definitely pass Brenneman, barring anything unforeseen. But he's got a chance to be top two. He's got a ball out, stay healthy. I mean, he's only 146 back. He's averaging 19 a game this year. And they have at least 10 more games. Like, they're going to... If he just stays at his average, that's 190 points. That's the record. So. And that would be a fun story. Yeah. And also, uh, for those wondering, the Drew Hogan points update, because I have it hit... I screenshotted it, so I might as well. Um, He's got 1,049 now for his career at Goshen. And he is fifth all-time. Hogan passed... Two people on the list uh, on Friday's game, and now he's fifth all-time. He needs to catch Dave Culp next, who's fourth, 1,128 points. So Drew is about 70-ish, 80-ish away from that. 1968 grad uh, Dave Culp, and Drew is about 125 away from Lloyd Bunk Williams for third all-time. Every time. Gotta say it. If Lloyd Bonk. Bunk Williams can get a shout out, we gotta say it. So yeah, that's our scoring histor- historic scores uh, for each school about to graduate, both seniors right now, and uh, we'll see if they how far they can get up the list. The lists. Bethany Christian boys back in action tonight, Tuesday night against Wawasee, and Evan Lee Peck will be there. That's true. Yep. I'll be at that game. The uh, con- what is it called? The something TP. Hardwood TP. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say concrete TP. Concrete TP. <laughs> <laughs> they don't play on concrete, but it's it's hardwood. Uh, maybe, but it's concrete underneath the hardwood. It's concrete under everything, pretty much. Cement, whatever it is. Anyway, let's uh, get dive into these brackets, shall we? Oh, girls basketball. You beautiful soul. You blind draws, you. Uh, yeah, girls basketball brackets came out Sunday night, and uh, let's just run, let's just run through these brackets. 
Uh, we'll run through them quickly, and then we'll we'll do a deeper dive into this next Tuesday, right before the sectionals begin. Uh, we'll start at the top, 4A, sectional 4, and uh, the bracket we all expected to happen, of course, it happened. Uh, all three of the good teams put on one side of the bracket, and the other three not-as-good teams put on one side of the bracket. Uh, Penn and Northridge will open up uh, first round. And then the winner of that plays Warsaw. Penn is uh, 15 and six. Warsaw is 15 and six. Northridge 18 and five. The other half is uh, eight and 13 Goshen versus 11 and 11 Elkhart. Winner gets seven and 14 Concord. Uh, by the way, in three of the four sectionals that we cover here at the Goshen News, uh, three of them, the team with the worst record got a bye to the semifinals. The other one also too in 3A sectional 20. Technically, West Oval, though, or no, Northwood, I'm sorry, Northwood is still technically the worst team by record in that sectional, and they're playing in the first round. So I apologize to West Oval. You're not the worst team in that sectional, on paper. But the 2A1, you have 0-18 Career Academy with a bye, and the 1A1, you have 1-11 Hamilton with a bye. So... Westview and South Bend Career Academy in that 2A sectional 35. They both got the bye. They, uh, the two worst teams by record got the byes there. They've been through a lot this season, okay? They deserve the bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, legitimately, I'm not kidding. Career Academy and Hamilton are two of the worst teams in the state. The whole state. Like, look up the Sagrin ratings. They have, like, a 9 and an 8. Fairfield's at, like, 89. Like, At least Blackout Christian got the bye in the 1A one. <laughs> yeah, the best part about that one is that they are... Um, Blackhawk and Bethany are on opposite sides. And we'll get Bethany, to that in a minute. Yeah, that, that could be the championship game, thankfully. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Goshen Elkhart starts off for a sectional four. It's over at Penn this year. They're the first quarterfinal game. Northridge Penn, the nightcap, that next Tuesday, February 1st. Concord opens up the semifinal game against a Goshen Elkhart winner. Warsaw gets to Penn Northridge winner. And then the finals. All the sectional finals this year are at 730, not 7. It's kind of annoying. It's 30 more minutes. I have to... Work. They're on Saturdays. So. I know, but still, like, 7 o'clock feels whole. You know? I don't know. Uh, 3A, sectional 20. It's at Northwood this year. The hosts, Panthers, got a win over Goshen this past weekend to snap their 15-game losing streak. They are now 3-21. and They are done for the season, actually. They have played the maximum amount of games they can play, 3-21. and they will play Tippecanoe Valley in the opener. Uh, the Tippy Valley is 14 and six, best team on the on paper in the sectional, going against the worst team on paper in the sectional. But who knows? Maybe that Northwood win over Goshen gives them some confidence. They were in the same spot last year in the sectional, and they won two games to get to the sectional final. So I'm not going to count them out. That's true. That was kind of crazy. Last that was year, absolutely wild. And they almost beat Lakeland in the final too. They're only it, down one. Going it was a into, close game. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, First semifinal game next Friday, West Oval versus Lakeland for the third time this year. Lakeland has won the previous two matchups. And Wallace will play the Tippy Valley Northwood winner championship game at Northwood that Friday, that Saturday night, February 5th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Evan, run through the uh, 2A matchups. Uh, 2A sectional 35 and 1A sectional 51. Class 2A, as you just said, sectional 35. This one will be at Fairfield High School, which makes sense. You know, it's, I mean, it doesn't always work out that way, but... They have hosted the last couple of them there? Yeah. I believe? They are definitely there last year. They were there last year. Yep. And they are the defending sexual champion, as we know. 
because they were very good last year, and this year they are very good again. Yep, favorite on paper for sure. Yep, eighteen and three now. You know it says seventeen and three. Yep. If you know all records listed from games played twenty third, <laughs> and then they played yesterday and they won. They beat Bethany Christian. So Bethany Christian is ten and eleven, not ten and ten. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, all the good teams in this here sectional did not get a uh, bye. Yep. Like they should have. Uh, Tuesday, February first. Both those, I mean, they got both games back-to-back. You got Bremen, 13-8 versus Prairie Heights, 11-8. Should be a pretty tight game, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And then you get Fairfield and LaVille, 17-3. Well, as we know, 18-3 versus 9-11, which could be different now because, you know. I don't think LaVille played <laughs> I think I would have seen that. Uh, True that. Yeah. And then, like we discussed, uh, South Bend Career Academy and uh, Westview Combined, you know, six, six and, and thirty-three. 33. <laughs> they both got the buys. So the winner of game one will play South Bend Career Academy in yep. game three on Friday at six, and then following that on the same night, game two winner plays Westview. Right. So, so Bremen Prairie Heights winner will be in the final after beating Career Academy, and the Fairfield Louisville winner will play Westview in the second game. Not going to call a prediction on that one because Westview has played. Inspired basketball the last couple weeks, so they might give Fairfield another game. They looked, um, but Fairfield also might come out ready to play more, you know, second time around against them. Yeah, but no one, no one's Bremen and Prairie Heights are not losing the Career Academy. So whoever wins that game is going to the final. And last year it was Prairie Heights and Fairfield, mm-hmm. so maybe it'd be a rematch. Prairie Heights gave Fairfield a tough game earlier this year. Fairfield only won by eight. It was back in like November, but still. It doesn't help that just now they don't have Sanchez, Sanchez as well. So yeah, just hey, put it out there. Prairie Watch Heights, out. Prairie Heights could give Fairfield all they can, all their, all they can handle. I still think Fairfield will win that sectional, but you never know. That's why and they put the games. Uh, class one A sectional fifty one. This one is at Bethany Christian. Thank God. Literally, and thank God. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian is a very very good team. By far the best team in this sectional. It's not really close. Um, Bethany's playing better. Bethany's playing better. Come I, on. I'm not done talking. Not, not done talking. Oh, sorry, Evan G's. Not done talking. Yes. Bethany has won six of eight, and they're hovering around 500. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's Fort Wayne Blackhawks, you know, to run away with. But uh, that's the reality. They're probably the best team in the sectional. But, uh, yeah, game one, Elkhart Christian. Uh, five and eleven versus Lakewood Park Christian six and twelve on Tuesday night at six o'clock. That's game one. Game two is Fremont six and fourteen, playing Bethany Christian, the host, ten and eleven now. Also on Tuesday night, following the first game at approximately seven thirty. Give or take. Yeah, probably a little later than that, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. I always say Fort Wayne Blackhawk, but you know it's Blackhawk Christian. They're fifteen and seven. They get the first bye, and they'll play Friday. At six, and they'll play the game one winner between Elkhart Christian and Lakewood Park Christian, and then Hamilton at one eleven gets that by, uh, f- also playing Friday night in game four, and they will play the winner of Fremont and Bethany on Friday night. And the championship game is the next day, on Saturday, just similar to the uh, Class Two A sectional thirty five, which I don't think I said that. So that game is also the championship is uh, Saturday night seven thirty as well. Yeah. 
no offense to the fine folks at Concord, Hamilton, Career Academy, Westview. They're all nice people. I like them all for the most part. I, I've never met anyone from Career Academy. I hate everyone. So I can't. <laughs> everyone but I hate. the Westview <laughs> folks and the Concord folks, just know this is coming uh, from a place of love. You don't deserve the buys this year. No offense. You're great people, but my God. My God, just see the thing. Like what? This is the only state where this is a thing. This is the only state where it's a thing. Pretty much. Because it's not hard to see the dang sectionals. It's not that hard. Everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, What metric are you going to use? Blah, blah, blah. Look at any other state that does it. Every other state does it. Ridiculous. Okay, that's it. Could I do don't an want RPI. my blood pressure to get going up any higher because it's just so stupid. Could do an RPI. Really ruffle some feathers. <laughs> just, the Sagarin is there for a reason. Dude, just know. start screaming, bro. Just let it all out. I just It's so stupid. Just, I hate it. I told myself I was not going to get angry, and then that 4A came out just the way we all thought it was going to, and it's just like, why? Like, why? Like, people will argue, well, you gotta beat, you got to beat the good teams anyway to win the sectional, and it's like, yeah, but don't you want that game to be the final? Like, don't you want your two best teams, in theory, to be able to play each other in the championship game? It should mean more. Like, thank God the blind draw in that 3A one worked out where Washington and Mishawaka Marion are on opposite sides. And they'll have to both play two games to get to the final. Like, it'll be Marion and Washington for the championship game. That's a big deal. Like, it should be the championship game. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Warsaw versus Penn, Warsaw versus Northridge, or Northridge versus Penn, however it would work out, should be the championship game. That's just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that they have to play each other, beat the crap out of each other, and, you know, like, whoever comes out of the top half will have relatively easier games to win. On the other side of it, though. There is no other Say you win, you win that game, and then it's like smooth sailing from there. I I, I don't want the sectional final to be a thirty-five point game. We I don't want, want a running clock. We in all a, want that. I don't want the running clock in the sectional championship. Like it should matter that this that it's not the sectional championship game. I don't I don't care. Like oh well, it's kind of the, it's basically the sectional championship game. Oh, it's not. It's the semifinal game or the opening round game. I don't know. Northridge. We're gonna see this thing on the Sagarin. It would have been Warsaw. And Penn with the buys, you would have had Northridge as a three seed playing Elkhart or Concord as a six seed. Winner plays Penn, and then the four or five matchup with Goshen and Elkhart, so that that came out okay. Winner playing Warsaw. That's how it would have been. How hard is that? How hard is that? Seriously. Okay. Can't make sense, bro. Okay. Any Can't make too much sense. Wrestling. Let's get to wrestling before I lose my mind again. I was done, and then you instigated me again. I was like, Dang it, he got It's all me. my fault. I blame you. Um, you don't talk a lot, but when you do, you piss me off, obviously. So. Wow. Language. You make me Just angry. Just kidding. <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, let's quickly go through some wrestling and some swimming and stuff like that. Uh, wrestling, NECC finished up their regular season. Had the championship meet. We had two local winners from our area. Uh, Matthew Sen, freshman from Fairfield, won at 113 pounds. So congratulations to him. 24-3 and three now on the season. And uh, Ben Miller, Lakeland, 145-pound champion. He's a three-time NECC champ, 37-2 uh, on the season, and he is not the career win total leader at Go- uh, Lakeland. Uh, just want to read off the correction for word for word that we uh, will run in the newspaper on Wednesday, and we put it up online. Um, Lakeland High School senior wrestler Ben Miller won his third NECC title this past year, or this past year, this past Saturday at Lakeland. Winning at 145 pounds, Miller moved to 37 to two on the season. His win, 
career total, career, career win total. Should probably have fixed that. His did not, win, did his not, win, his win career, career total. total. <laughs> I did not proofread this, obviously. Uh, his career win total was given incorrectly in our story, however, uh, as the number was written in the story of 138 career wins was based on a number Lakeland coaches and staff had used as a projection for Miller if he wouldn't have missed any meets during the 2021 season that was cut short a little bit due to COVID. Um, that makes sense. Like, basically they thought, well, he would be at this total if he had wrestled his full like complement of matches last year and for some reason that became the number that people thought he had so it's kind of crazy according to Lakewood head coach Kevin Watkins Miller currently has 118 wins so he was 20 off that number Uh, Aaron Meisner shout out uh, Westview Boys Soccer Aaron Meisner 1991 Lakeland graduate uh, still holds the single season record single the career record 136 wins and he has the single-season record of 41 in a season. Now, Ben Miller might get to 41 if things go well for him this year. He'll probably break that uh, because he would be winning at sectional and regional. But he does not have the career record. He probably won't get to the career record. I don't think he actually can physically do it. Like, the math, he can't, he can't win 20 more matches this year. He's pretty much during, this, during the postseason. That's it. So, uh, sorry, Aaron. Assistant boy, assistant boy soccer coach at Westview, and his son, obviously, Teague, really good player uh, for boys soccer this past year, state champs. Uh, sorry, Aaron, we still like you. We just had our information all mixed up, so we apologize. It happens. Also happening over the weekend, Goshen tied the record for most dual match wins in a season in their program's history. They have 22, ties the 1998-99 team, and they will go for 23 tonight. Tuesday night here against LaVille. Uh, we'll be there. I'll be there. Wasn't originally going to plan on covering that, but since they're going to probably break the record, we should be there. I was going to say, it's basically a, you're going there for the story on the record. I doubt they're going to lose to LaVille, personally. But, you never know. So That's why they wrestle. That's why they wrestle. Sectionals. Sectional wrestling. Here we go, baby. Postseason tournaments are officially beginning this Saturday. The road to state, the road to Indianapolis begins this Saturday. We have three area sectionals that we keep our eye on. Uh, Elkhart has five of our nine coverage area teams, Concord, Fairfield, Goshen, Northridge, Northwood. There's only seven teams total there, Elkhart and Jimtown are the other two. West Noble is hosting the sectional this year. It was Westview for a couple years, now West Noble hosting. They have Lakeland, West Noble, and Westview over there. Nine teams total at that one. It's basically a mini version of the NECC. They just run it back. We're going to have our guy there, Mr. Steve Croft. He'll be at Elkhart, yes. He'll be in Elkhart. That's what I'm saying. And then our best team, probably top to bottom, Wawasee, goes to Plymouth. Uh, they are the only team that does not feed into the Goshen Regional for us. Wawasee goes to the Penn Penn Regional, and uh, the rest of our schools go to the Goshen Regional, Fort Wayne Semi-State, and Wallace goes to East Chicago for Semi-State. East Chicago. Yeah. Brutal. That's tough. It's a brutal drive. And, uh, you know, it sinks because they're really good. They might have the most state qualifiers for our area. Northwood will have a couple, I think. I think Caden Lone, barring anything unforeseen, will get out. 
at 160 for Northwood. Isaac Benjamin as well at 220, having a really nice year. I think Ben Miller from Lakeland will go uh, at 145. He'll have some tough competition, but they all there's going to be tough competition at every level, pretty much past you know sectional like regional and semi state. It's going to be tough, but these are guys I think that could go uh, for Wallacey. You know, uh, Dylan Tom at 126 could go. Logan Stuckman at 32. Uh, look at me talking like 32, like I'm a wrestling pro now. Not 132, just 32. Um, he doesn't weigh that much. He's kind of small. <laughs> small, yeah, he's 132. Uh, there's another one that's come escaping my mind right now. I apologize to the Wallace. I didn't write any of this stuff down. I should have. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Our wrestling is kind of open. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'd imagine it would be... Like any other year, get a few individuals to state. Mm-hmm. See what happens. You never know, man. That's why they wrestle. Uh, swimming. Hey, swimming. Remember you? Remember them? It's back. Remember you? It's back. It's the boys. Boys NLC, NLC this week over at Concord High School. And, it's your uh, turn. I know. You you covered the girls. So I get the boys. Yeah. Uh, the host Minutemen are the favorites on paper. They should probably win. Uh, Northridge has some individuals that'll give a give a good fight. Same thing with Wawasee, and we'll see how the other schools do. But don't sleep on Gosh. Sure, uh, that's my swimming talk. I really don't have much to say other than that. Sectionals for girls are next week, and then we start the state tournament. You know, Goshen or the girls sectional, those well, two weeks in state, and then uh, boys sectional in state the two weeks after that. So. We'll have more swimming talk next week, I think. Because we'll have more developed swimming talk. Because more results. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, quickly, national stuff. Notre Dame men's basketball is back again. They were gone for about a couple minutes there. It's because they, they were lost. They, they were tried lost to at lose sea. to Howard. They were <laughs> lost at sea, but they found their compass and they're back. They are back on track with a nice road victory over Louisville. And they will go to, or they host NC State Wednesday night, and then they uh, host Virginia, and then they host and then they Duke. Get Duke, Duke yeah. next Monday, the 31st, coming to town. Should be a good game. Yeah, they should win the next two games. Be 14 and 6, going up against Duke for big resume builder. I mean, it kind of sets them up to, like, if they win that game. You know, okay, fifteen and six. This team's actually good with a quality one, with a quad one win. And then they'll go to Miami like two days later and get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> Miami, a Miami lost to Florida State. They almost came back. I don't know if you saw any of that game. Florida State's good though. They Saturday, beat, they yeah, beat, Florida State's good. They beat Duke. Notre Dame has a couple games with you know after Duke with Florida State and Miami where they could they could get those wins, man. Pad the resume up a little bit. Notre Dame's offense has been pretty impressive. They uh, shot 65% uh, from the three-point line against Louisville. Is that good? Hmm? Is that pretty good, do you think? Sure. 65% from Blake three? Blake Wesley, dude. From Watch three? <laughs> Blake Wesley. Star. 22 Star points, making. overrated. <laughs> he just took over that game. It was impressive to watch it. I was watching it. I had the NFL on. Uh, my TV and I had the Notre Dame game on my iPad and it was like, man, Wesley. Every time I look down, Wesley's making a bucket. He's making a free throw. He's making an assist or whatever. It's pretty good stuff. It's a good offensive game. They had four guys in double digits. Yeah. That yeah. first half, it felt like the first team to 100 was going to win. It was impressive to watch. Yeah, 45-38. But then uh, second half, Notre Dame's defense really clamped it down. Mm-hmm. 
made the difference. So we'll see how they do. See how they do. It's uh, not talking about Florida. They lost to Ole Miss last night. Missouri beat Ole Miss by 26 last week. I hate, I just, college basketball makes me angry. And it doesn't help that my NFL team is out now. <laughs> oh, it's a sad day. Sad day. Uh, we talked about it at the top, but man, the NFL is past weekend. I mean, everything you could have, as a neutral fan of the whole thing, obviously, like, my Bears stink, and that's fine. Stink. Stink. And, uh, <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> um, man, as a neutral fan, though, you couldn't help but be, like, pumped watching all those games. Uh, maybe the most emotional satisfaction I've had watching the NFL the last three years was Robbie Gould kicking a field goal to beat the Packers at Lambeau. That was cool. Uh, shout out Bears legend Robbie Gould. Uh, they cut him in 2016 because they thought he wasn't good anymore. It's 2022, and he's still making field goals in the playoffs. Sounds so. like the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was fun. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I was. Uh, you can. I'm. I think I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna give credit. I should say I shouldn't blame, but I'm gonna give credit to the IHSA. Uh, their uh, selection show for the girls' basketball sectional came on at five o'clock uh, Sunday. And that was when the Rams were up 27-3. to And I kind of, like, stopped paying attention. And then all of a sudden I looked up and it was 27-13. Like, it was like, wait, what the... I actually... I saw that field goal to make it six. I have no idea how they got the ball. So, right back to get to 13. No idea. Was it, like, an onside kick? I actually couldn't tell you. It was a fumble. It was a fumble? They fumbled it. Like, because they kept on fumbling the ball. Cooper Cup fumbled. Really? He fumbled? And okay. Because I legitimately missed that. Territory. Because all of a sudden, the all of a sudden they were at like the twenty yard line, the Bucks, and I'm like, it was like thirty seconds ago they were kicking off. I just totally missed it. Shout out, shout out IHSA. They changed the feng shui of the whole game, and then the Rams, the Bucks, try to give it back, and the Rams try to give it right back too. Uh, heck of a game as a neutral fan. Man, that was entertaining. Uh, the comeback. You thought Brady was gonna do it. Like, damn, this guy's gonna do it again. Like this. I almost got old takes exposed at 27-3. I was like, this game's over. Might have happened, but uh, our defense made sure that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, it's pretty amazing that you let Cooper Cup just run wide open two plays in a row at the end of the game. Like, I'm tired of hearing about Cooper Cup being the Triple Crown winner, by the way, for receivers. Every broadcast says that every five minutes. But he won the Triple Crown as a wide receiver this year. Led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Like, Maybe guard that guy. Maybe. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. An all-out blitz that wasn't all out because Levante David had no idea what he was doing. Cover zero. And obviously when you blitz uh, the guy that was on Cooper Cup and you have a safety covering him, Cooper Cup's kind of fast and he has a, you know, a running start. So it's kind of an issue to try to keep up with him in that situation. Probably should have held him or something. Like a five-yard penalty. Yeah. Pass interference at the spot of the foul. Yeah, even even that would have been better than... It would have been 20 yards to the 45 of the play. Yeah. Would have been better than what happened. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a credit to Matthew Stafford because he uh, had some... Had Sue in his face and he still made it happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I tried to forget about it. Yep. But it was a great game. 
I, I enjoyed the comeback. The fumble was insane. He fumbled. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Mike Evans bomb, and then right after that, Cam Akers puts the ball on the ground. Yeah. For those who didn't know, I mean, obviously we've talked about in this podcast that Evan is a Buccaneers fan, and uh, he was there at the game Sunday. And it's tough, tough scene. Tough scene for your dad, you know, Wisconsin native, big Packers fan, Buccaneers fan too, and like, man, two heartbreakers in a row. Like, is Glenn okay? Is he doing all right? He was pretty upset. He, uh, they... They give away those little flags, mm-hmm. you know? You, the saw, wave, you, you wave the white flag. You saw the flags. <laughs> and this man just, like, grabbed both of them and broke them over his leg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was like, that feels very Glenn. I don't it was, know. like, right before that, he was like, both my teams lost on the last second <laughs> field goal, and they just, like, yeah. broke both flags. Yeah, and then the Bills and the Chiefs played an all-time great, maybe the best playoff game of all time game. And, like, I, there's nothing that we can say that – other people already haven't said about that game. Just the last two minutes in overtime, just unbelievable. Just back and forth. This is that's what you wanted between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and it just lived, lived up to the hype, and then some. Man, unbelievable game. It's probably like game of the year by far. Yeah, I mean seriously. So you get some really interesting, uh, you know, championship games. 49ers, Rams, the third time, and you get Bengals, Chiefs, kind of the young upstart Bengals, man, out of nowhere. Uh, and they're going to... Uh, Joe Burrow's their last hope. Joe Burrow is, is the dude. He is the dude, but Patrick Mahomes is also the dude. He's so. America's last hope. We don't want the Mahomes, Chiefs, and the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl. I, I don't mind it. The, the Chiefs are fun. You know? They're still fun to me. It's like the like the Warriors when they won their first championship. before I they got Kevin the Durant. Give me Rams-Chiefs, though. And give me the Rams. Let Stafford pick up a dub. Super Bowl. In the home stadium. In the home stadium. I think it's going to be Niners and Chiefs. Rematch of the game from two years ago. I will not watch the Super Bowl then. You'll watch the Super Bowl. Everyone I, watches the Super Bowl. I won't care. You. It doesn't matter. You're still going to have it on. Everyone watches the Super Bowl. It'll be on, but I won't be very invested. Anyway. Probably the best weekend for a singular sport ever. The NFL's divisional round this past weekend. Hard to think of a better... I can think of that like one day for the MLB in my life when the Rays beat the Red Sox. Oh, yeah, the Red Sox in Tampa. No, no, they beat the Yanks. They were down eight nothing to the Yankees, and like in a twenty minute span, they like completed the crazy comeback. I think uh, who hit the walk off home run? And I might have been Crawford or Longoria. And then like simultaneously, the Red Sox blew that lead against the Orioles. And so the Rays got in as the wild card team. The Red Sox were up like eight games going into September, and the Rays came all the way back and had this crazy comeback. And the Red Sox had a crazy choke to like win the wild card spot. That was amazing. That was an amazing day, and that's probably about the closest it gets to me in terms of like a singular day for a sport. The NFL had two, you know, thirty-six straight hours. You know, from four o'clock Saturday to eight o'clock Sunday, just nuts. Made up for all the bad wild card games. Oh last my week. god, and then some. I feel bad for the championship games this week. Like, there's no way they're going to be that good. No way you can live up to the hype. Like, if last after last weekend. So breaking news: Sean Payton. Yeah. Crazy. I saw that. I forgot to mention. I was going to mention that. He's resigning. That's crazy. Yeah, just in time for the Bears to hire Jim Caldwell too. That's unfortunate. So. I think uh, this has been a good podcast. I think it's been a good podcast too. Let's wrap it up. But we should wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. We talk a lot of this podcast. It went long. We always go long. It's whatever. We have fun. I think we have fun. Do you have fun? 
Usually. Did you yeah. have fun this week? Um, in general or on this podcast? <laughs> Did you have fun on this podcast? Did you have fun this week in life? <laughs> Other than the Bucks game. Bucks losing. Yeah, it was great. Okay. Uh, it, was well, a good, it was a good episode. I had I, fun. I can promise you we won't talk about the Buccaneers losing next week. Because they're not playing. Yeah. Because they're losers. So Unless Tom Brady retires, then we'll talk about it next week. Uh, he's going to play one more year. He won't make that announcement. Got one more season, I think. Personally. Talk, maybe. Personally. I wouldn't mind Aaron Rodgers retiring. I don't think that will Or happen. leaving the Packers. Just leaving the just, Packers. He's going to leave the Packers. Just though. leave the Packers. That's fine with me. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about all that. Preview girls basketball sectionals. Uh, even more. More in depth as they get ready to go. And, uh, yeah, a full episode next week. So, uh, tune in there.